UX Podcast Episode 57. Listening to UX Podcast brought to you from Stockholm, Sweden. For people passionate about balancing business, technology, and users within the realm of digital media. Helping you break down silos, here are your hosts, James Royal Lawson and Per Axboom. Hello and welcome to UX Podcast. You're listening to me, Per Axboom. And me, James Royal Lawson. And we're sitting in our favorite place at the uh, Clarion Sign Hotel, our favorite, favorite place, favorite place in town for recording. You're right. I think it right is. now, right yeah. now, and, yes. and they actually they actually just tweeted to us. Yes, it's that fantastic. Cool. We said we were going to record here, and they, they tweeted us and said, "Good luck." Yeah. See, some people have got their eyes mm-hmm. peeled for customer interaction. Pretty good. Mm. And today is going to be a link show. A link show to dive straight into mm. um, what we're going to do mm-hmm. today. Um, we haven't had a link show for a little while because we've, we've had um, Converse Jam a few other interviews and things. Yep. It, it felt like, no, I, I, I want to talk about some of the great content that people yeah. produce out there. We want to hear some of our own voices more as well. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> Probably. See, your ego, Per. <laughs> we, actually, we, were just, we were just discussing, we've got three articles coming for you, and it's a bit of a um, design pattern theme to these three. Uh, we were just trying to decide on the running order, because we, we do actually plan a little bit before these shows, you'd be Sometimes amazed to, to know. <laughs> um, and and we, I was bringing up the fact, well, this, the article that we are going to talk about first... Yes, now we are. Yeah, um, it's a little bit humorous, mm. and Pat suggested it was good to be able to finish on a humorous note. Peak and theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I said, well, you know, maybe it's good to begin with a humorous one. Mm. You know, are we trying to keep listeners at the, uh, uh, to the next show, mm. or are we trying to keep them to listen to right. this show? So if we make you all laugh now mm. at the beginning, then you maybe you're more likely to listen to the whole show. Mm. And if you laugh at the end, you'll maybe likely to listen next time. Right. So if you <laughs> seriously believe <laughs> that we're going to lose or gain listeners based on the running order of our links in this show... <laughs> <laughs> and then give us a heads up. <laughs> I, I like to think that we have some content strategy for this. Hmm. So, the, the first, the first article. The um, first article, mm. which touches on one of my my favorite pet subjects: um, carousels. Yes, it's banners, sliding banners mm. on um, web pages. Which all of you who listen to the show regularly will know that we've talked about a few times, and you will probably also know mm. what we think about them, which is not very much. Mm. Um, and an article which I think I think you you actually brought this one to my attention. Yeah, because I thought of you straight away when I saw it. Of course, <laughs> and it's it's excellent. It's mm. it's actually a satire piece. Mm. It's 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 humor. It's written to take take the Mickey out of mm. carousels and the the way in which we end up having carousels on websites. Right. It's written by a guy called Stephen Hayes uh, from California, but he lives in the, the Netherlands actually, and. Uh, well, he's one of us. One of us dudes, nerd guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a he has a blog called the Haystack, and that you fo- you'll find the post carousel based web design, and he's trying to make a case for how excellent carousels are. Yeah, and um, calling it a new technique and showing how uh, carousels can be used for really communicating the key messages of a. And they solve all the world's problems mm-hmm. and. Um, he even has the acronym CBWD for carousel-based web design as a new technique <laughs> that we should all employ, actually. Exactly. 
Mm. Yeah, it's easy to remember, mm. easy to remember. Mm. Uh, it can help you please your clients mm. by giving them mm. more opportunity mm. for publishing trivial content in less space. It saves mm. money by eliminating tiresome considerations like content relevance and importance, accessibility, and website performance. Mm. Oh, and this is pretty good, actually. At the end of the day, users don't just want to get the information they want. They want an experience. We know this because we present statistics in such a way that they support our opinions on these matters. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a, it's an absolutely wonderful satire piece. Yeah, it is. Now, and it, it kind of it's mm. it's it backs up. It takes all the points that you kind of mm. you know you, you know true about mm. carousels, why they don't work, what mm. what's the flaws of them, and so on, and reverses them and pushes them out as a as a serious sounding piece defending carousels. Mm. Now that you kind of realise very quickly yes. when you read this article, mm. I thought yes. But if you're not a native English speaker, then satire and sarcasm and irony are not a given. Yep. So the first comment, actually, I- well, actually, just back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I kind of um, I got to the um, um, I got to the the edition because he's he's actually updated the post. So when you're reading it, oh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. When I read it, it was a day or so after it had been released because yeah. I saw it you tweeted it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and. He's written, um, just to be on the safe side, this article is sarcasm. Mm. I do not advocate using carousels. Read that again. It pains <laughs> me to point out the obvious, and so on and so on. And, I, and I, this was the point where I, I was almost crying with laughter. <laughs> I'd read the, written the whole article. And then at the end of this mm. fantastic satirical piece, mm. he still had to point out that mm. it was a joke. Mm. And I, I started, I was thinking about kind of Americans maybe not understanding satire as mm. well as maybe British and all these kind mm. of cliches and stereotypes. And, and then after that... It, I actually, I actually went back much later to read the comments. Ah, okay. you, I think you pointed out yeah. again to me. Mm. Read the comments. Read the comments. Because the, f- the first comment is a really, really long comment outlining why carousels are bad. Oh. Considered, <laughs> carefully written. Yes. It's well written. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rodrigo Murillo. Um, uh, uh, Murillo. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and he's right, of course. But the only, the only the sad thing is, of course, that he didn't understand that Stephen was was yeah. making uh, making it, a. It's a blog post in its own right. This comment, and it's good. It is. Yeah. And yeah. Um, do you want to read um, uh, Stephen's reply to Rodrigo? Oh yeah. Hi there, Rodrigo. No, I'm certainly not taking your comment in a bad way. If we ever meet, I'll buy you a drink. In fact, unless your sense of humor is drier than mine, you just spent about 15 minutes typing out why you agree with me. Yours is a valuable comment. I mean, <laughs> they are in complete agreement, but, yeah. I mean, Rodrigo misunderstood for, the sarcasm. Exactly, for a moment there, they thought they were on opposite sides right. of the war. Yeah. Um, oh, because satire is difficult. It, but it also brings up the case, I mean, how, how many people out there actually do think that Stephen is, has a case for making carousels? Yeah. What something that organizations should use. I think there are people out there. Oh, rather, mm-hmm. what kind of experience mm-hmm. has Rodrigo had in his life All right. as a web yes. digital person, whatever, that's made him mm-hmm. react so instantly and thoroughly mm-hmm. to this? Mm-hmm. Um, he must have had several situations where what um, Stephen has written mm-hmm. has been true for him. As we all have, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, you see, now, that's, yeah. the, that's yeah. the key to good satire. Mm. They've taken a situation which mm. is kind of, you know, you've taken it to extreme, but at mm. the same time you've made it kind of convincing mm. and believable. Mm. But, but uh, there's some very, not only important points about carousels, mm. but also just, I think you like you, mm. you began saying, mm. about language mm. and, and how 
easy, especially mm. uh, now when we mm. have so much skydiving that mm. happens. Like you, you, you get a link, you, know, you find a link, and you, you dive into a website, you read the content on mm. a single web page. You possibly don't even read the, the header. No, exactly. You, don't even read, yeah. you definitely don't read the About mm. Me page mm. or no. About This website page. You land on some content. You, you have no idea about who the author is. Nope. No. You look at the mm. words. Mm. You look at the words in mm. the middle of the article and you read it from start mm. to end, yep. especially if it's a well-written, thoughtful piece like mm. this one. And then you feel like you want to respond. Mm. And it's only then that you start and also, I mean, layers yeah, and responding it's actually, thinking. Actually, Rodrigo also replied again, oh, again that was to actually Stephen. excellent. Yeah. And he reread the post, of course, and he had some good laughs and he was a bit sad that the, the joke had to be explained. And he says, A bit embarrassed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm letting carousels drive me way too mad. And yeah. I, I really feel for him because <laughs> I feel the same. Mm. And it, when you see a post like that, you instantly... It's like that uh, XKCD cartoon where it says, mm. uh, Honey, come too bad. No, I can't. Someone on the internet is wrong. Mm. Which I oh, completely yes. agree with. I'm always sitting up trying to yeah. correct people's mistakes yeah. when, when I think that they are like way out of order. Oh. But uh, it is. I mean, mm. you're right. Every time mm. you see a carousel, you think, this is, this is an mm. organization mm. that... Doesn't do the full job. They d- well, they're not even close to it. They don't mm. measure. They don't understand what they're trying to do. They're they're not going forward as they should do. But mm. do you know what I think? What really warmed me about this mm. is that Rodrigo didn't delete his comment. Yes, exactly. He left his embarrassing, mm. well, his well-written fifteen-minute mm. mm. um, epilogue comment. Right. He left it there, and I think as a as a series of of four posts with mm. Stephen's original post, the first comment response, mm. and then the the humble. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm a bit embarrassed, mm. yep. but what a great post, and thanks for this. Makes an excellent series of. of it makes a story. Yes, it makes a story. It, it turns content a, into a story. A great piece of history. Yeah. I should print this out and like put put it, it in a book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we hopefully we've made you laugh with that. Mm. <laughs> With our humorous um, first well, article. Uh, at least you should go read the post. You definitely read the mm. post. Um, it's, it's well worth doing it. Right, moving on. Uh, our buddy Alexander Skubay on Twitter is, yeah. uh, has written a post. He's actually redesigned his blog recently. I like it. He's also gone for a single column. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so the title of his post is "Stop placing the menu button in the wrong corner," <laughs> and his uh, the examples he's using the uh, the screenshots is from the Facebook app, and mm. I believe it's on the iPhone. Yes, must be. Yeah, this is talking about um, yeah uh, the, the navigation pattern for mm. um, apps and responsive mm. websites. It's, it's often we mm. get the um, the hamburger. Um, to the top left. Right, so you all know the hamburger menu, the three lines uh, pushed together. We talked about it a fair bit in an article Mm. um, at the end of last year or beginning of this year, I think. Wow. (laughs) It was kind of one article of all those ten design things. Oh, uh, yeah, right, yeah. We talked about how on Android often it's three dots Mm. vertically positioned Mm. rather than the hamburger. Because I don't like the hamburger menu, but that's me. No. Uh, Why don't it just say menu? (coughs) Anyway... (laughs) Uh, you click that, and it's in the left top corner mm. on the Facebook app, yeah. and it actually brings out a left-hand navigation with the, which is sort of the menu. Yeah, the, for the, Facebook. the Facebook itself slides yeah. out the way and reveals a, a menu to the left. So, his uh, what he what he is really criticizing here is that uh, it's in the top left, so it's hard to reach. And also that it moves, so it, uh, the location of the menu button actually moves when you click it, which is also bad. And 
I, I, I agree with him because I, I feel it's uh, quite hard to reach in a lot of cases as well. As well. Uh, what I was thought of instantly was now that sometimes I hold the iPhone in my left hand and then it's actually not too bad because I'm using my right hand because I'm right-handed to do other stuff. Mm. So since, it, since it's my second screen often, I'm eating with my right hand <laughs> and uh, using the phone with my mm. left hand. So that actually may be a use case where, where mm. it would be good to have it on the left side. Also, as you pointed out, I think... I'm left-handed. You're left-handed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I instantly reacted saying, you know, <laughs> it's not... What, it's not that difficult. But things I don't, like so many left-handers, I don't. I do do a lot of stuff the other way around too because it's a mm. it's a right-handed world. Mm-hmm. So as a left-hander, you grow up getting yourself used to oh, yeah, right-handed right. things. Uh, whether it's putting, it used to be kind of as a kid, I remember putting coins into, um, um, putting money into a, into the onto the when you get on the bus, mm. you, you throw the money into the little collector to pay for your bus oh, yeah. journey. And the way that is meant you had to have your coins in a certain hand mm. um, or you you just didn't work mm. you kind of got all out of sequence um, but I, I think for me you know the, yeah the whole top part is kind mm. of quite difficult right. um, but um, but I uh, you know using two fingers well using one hand and another hand quite often works or you mm. kind of use a thumb and stretch right across it, it exactly uh, it, uh, top left or top right I think I'm uh, oh it's, it's awkward anyway exactly so in when we're talking about um, the four inch or three and a half to mm. four and a half inch, maybe that kind of size of device. We're talking mm. about the mobiles, uh, smaller mobiles. I say smaller mobiles now. God, hey, listen to me. A couple of years ago, we wouldn't have even dreamt to say that mm. um, a four and a half inch device was a smaller mm. device. Mm. Um, then what? Then I think what um, what we're talking about there with the top mm. area being difficult to reach is is true. Right. And and I was at Luke. Um, uh, actually, Alexander references Luke. Um, uh, Rubowski, um in the article, mm. um, and I was at his um, workshop at UXLX, oh, yeah. where he discussed this with with zones that were easy, mm. hard, and okay. Mm. Um, and it's complicated. It is. It's not actually. Mm. It's not actually a black and white solution mm. to this. Um, mm. Mainly because of the fact that the the screen, a certain pattern and solution is valid for a certain range of devices, certain size of devices, and for certain use cases as well. And certain use cases and left-handedness or right-handedness. Mm. Because when I'm watching a movie on my iPad, when mm. I'm lying down on the couch, yeah, the iPad is rested on my tummy, which makes it hard to reach the buttons in the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's a use case where actually, if you have a movie app, don't put the buttons at the bottom, put them at the top, because that's mm-hmm. where my fingers are. Yeah. <laughs> but then if you've got a, if you've got a phablet, or you, you've, taken, you've got one of these five, six-inch mm-hmm. device, uh, um, devices, mm-hmm. um, then suddenly the, you, know, you, can't use these with what, you can't use that top area of the phone with one mm-hmm. hand. You've got to use two hands. Right. So again, you know, mm-hmm. different parts of the screen become easier mm-hmm. and hard depending mm-hmm. on what size you're at um, phablets are different to mm. tablets which are different to desktop which are different to mobile right um, but what's Alexander's solution what's he suggest well he suggested the top right you see I don't buy it yeah exactly I, I realized that after I actually posted it linked to that site he suggested the top right and the interesting thing about this is that Apple have redesigned the app for iOS 7 and they put that's Apple, Facebook. Oh, or yeah, sorry, the Facebook have redesigned it for yeah. the Apple iOS 7. And they've actually put the button in the, uh, in the, down in the right-hand corner. 
Which <laughs> is actually what we're saying is would pro- probably be the best place for it. Yeah. If that's the button that you're using the most. They've, they've read mm. Luke's um, post and presentation. Mm. Yeah. And interestingly, Android, that's where they used to have the buttons. Mm. A couple of years oh ago, yeah, that's like gingerbread. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my mm. first Android phone, he had a, he actually mm. had a, um, a hardware button, mm. um, but the menu button was at the bottom right. Mm-hmm. That was, or maybe middle, depending on mm. whether you had HTC or some other one. But yeah. bottom was where you got your menu. Mm. And uh, iPhone came so popular mm. and really kind of picked up, and everyone started um, standardizing their apps across um, um, platforms. So iPhone, and Android, the, the apps converged in in their mm. um, design patterns. And we saw the advent of the, the hamburger or the three dots mm. to indicate a menu, and often to the top mm. left or top right, mm. especially top um, left. Mm. Um, so it's it's fascinating now that well we're starting to see that well, the easy zone for for one finger or thumb navigation is at the bottom of the screen yeah. for, for the smaller devices. Right. Um, so I I don't think I don't agree with um, Alexander. I, I think top right isn't much better than top left. I agree with his point maybe that. Um, that sliding out is not necessarily a good idea, and that and that dropping down, mm. um, so that you 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 your you screen your original state remains mm. visible. Mm. I think it maybe keeps a better context. Maybe right. Um, sl- sliding out, I I found recently is is uh, a pain, especially on the iPad. I use the Gmail app on the iPad, and sometimes I slide out the menu, but I still see all my emails. And when I click the email, nothing happens. Yeah, and I'm wondering, behind. Mm. it's behind, but I'm not, re- not realizing it's behind. Yeah, yeah. kind of something should be grayed <laughs> yeah, out a, exactly. a little bit or dimmed. Yeah. But that's, um, yeah. I think, another thing. I don't actually, now I'm shooting from the hip, mm. but animations are um, GPU heavy. Mm-hmm. So, so by having a sliding action, mm. you're using more oh, graphical power. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just overlaying or dropping or, or some kind of... Mm. You know, a, partial animation maybe that's easier on your processor or battery or whatever I have no idea no I'm shooting from the hip with this one but I can but no it's interesting I mean you need to at least research that yeah so that's a good point I mean, I, the reason why I thought mm-hmm. of that is because like, in my head now when I'm thinking of these fly out menus and swiping so on yeah. I mean there are times when things lag or they, they it, it, you get a slower you click on a menu and it doesn't come out at the speed you expect because something else is going on on the telephone mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. so it kind of oh drags its way slowly across the screen right? because the effort of moving mm. all that content mm. ro- rolling it across the screen takes a bit of power. It does. In some devices. In some devices, exactly. Mm. Little stars everywhere in this. <laughs> in some slow devices. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Well, have you upgraded an, an iPhone 4 to iOS 7? Mm. I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, my actually. wife did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's not happy. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, that was an aside. <laughs> So was the um, well conclusion from this one? I I think it's a good good article and good point. Yes, good good that someone is raising it's, these things yeah, all you, the time. You've got to keep testing. Exactly, we need to, we need to be talking about it. Yeah. We need to realize that there are places that are better mm. than others, and it's not black and white. You, yeah. I mean, you can't decide for every app that it's always on top right or something like that. But you um, need to really think about uh, what's the most important buttons you have on mm. screen. Where mm. how are people using it? And are they like me eat, having breakfast, even though they're right-handed, using having the sandwich in the right hand and the phone in the left hand, stuff like that? I think this is mm. crucial as well for responsive. Mm. That um, your responsive design, you may set visual breakpoints based on the content. Mm. I want the site. This sound looks best here. It looks back there. Right. But you've got to remember about size of devices, mm. and sometimes resolution 
doesn't equal size of device. Exactly. Because as we know, a lot mm. of devices, they, when you use the standard um, responsive way of, um, of doing width 100%, mm. so you, you force the browser to, to zoom the content mm. to device width, which is not pixel width, you might have a 5-inch device, but you're showing a, I don't know, 360 or 400 and something pixel wide, point wide website in the viewport. Right. Maybe a different navigation would work. So you, you, oh, it's it's mm-hmm. complicated. I'm actually designing a website right now, which is responsive, and and, and when it gets down to uh, phone sizes, it actually puts the menu in the bottom. Mm. And I'm testing that in November. So but remind on, me to get. But, but what you're basing it on? Viewport, or you're basing it on um, something else? I'm basing it on viewport. Mm. See, so yeah, I want. I mm. think you should test and have a look and see whether that. Get a range of devices and see how that behaves on some of the phablets and some of the other things, a range of things, to see whether the the the, the way at which exactly. it um, spreads itself to the fit mm. still makes it feel like it's the right navigation pattern. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes it really hard because, I mean, yeah. like I said, I'm testing it in November. But I mean, how many devices can you really test with users? Oh, yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to make a lot of assumptions, we, and you yeah. need to, you need to test them. A oh, lot I by think what we talked well. about a, a little while ago one, mm. in a show. Mm. Um, you, you've you've got to be you've got to set up a a, a way of working and a way mm. to go forward where it's not a delivery and finish. You're going to have to with responsive now and the the, the multitude of devices. You've got to keep on analyzing, yeah. keep on testing, be prepared to tweak and mm. change, and maybe add, add breakpoints or mm. or change breakpoints um, over time as you learn mm. more about your site's usage mm. or the site's usage changes there are devices released now mm. which weren't here a year mm. ago so if you've had a year there are such things mm. as year long web projects if you've been in it for a year when you started your project it's not the same as exactly. it is now yeah. <laughs> someone's pulled the rug from underneath yeah. you you need to be changing it all the time you need to make it as flexible as possible and you need to make your team working on the stuff as flexible as possible you've well. got to be open to iteration mm. and budget for iteration mm. Should we move Ooh, on? I have so much stuff I'm thinking about talking oh. about now. I have no time. No, I think well, we, we probably we, yeah, should move on. We move <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, okay. We've talked about him a bit today earlier. Oh, yeah, so. we've got Luke again. Well, Luke. not Luke again, but he's coming up again. Luke referenced again. Luke, yeah, but this Luke. time it's actually his. Luke Rubluski, uh on his blog, LukeW.com. He's talking about spinners. and What, what are they? What are they? Uh, I think they have lots of different names. Yeah, uh, I think they do. And I forgot the most common name now. Of course, uh, you can uh, you can l- page, well loading indicator is one right, way to describe yeah. it. Um, and if you search for loading indicator in Google, you'll find all the other names as well. Probably, or it's just a visual indication mm. that something's supposed to be happening. And for some reason, this sort of flower thing, circular thing with. Well, it's sort of almost like a sun. Seems yeah. to be the most often used one. I mean, we used to, well a little while mm. ago before we, I think before mobile really kicked off. Mm. It used to be the hourglass, um, which used to turn. Used to sometimes I think have a percentage and it used to turn upside down. Yeah, wasn't that, that flash? Was that or flash or Mac or something where it was kind of an hourglass that rotated and counted up and then rotated. And, oh. But that was desktop. Yeah, was like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Windows had just an hourglass, mm. um, but now the, some kind of spinning flower petal thing mm. um, has been very common. And um, I think Android now, the, it's it's like a it's a round ring where it kind of phases round. It kind of something rather than a petal going round, there's like a something travels around this ring. Oh, okay. But it's the same concept. It's, it's, same a, con- yeah. it's a circle with something altering around it. Mm. Around it. <laughs> um, and I, what um, what Luke's saying here is basically. Avoid the spinner. Mm. 
loading indicator, something mm. telling you that something's happening is a bad thing. Exactly. And the reason for that is because everyone's using it. Yeah. So you were seeing the same pattern that you're seeing the same type of loading GIF indicator circular thing moving. And you're at once thinking, if you had the experience that, okay, when I see that, something usually takes a long time to load. And if someone else uses it, even though it doesn't take a t- long time to load, they're going to think it does. Exactly. This is lovely psych- mm. psychological mm. behavior. Yeah. That we've, we've now associated mm. that symbol yeah. with slowness. Mm-hmm. So what Luke's saying here is mm. irrespective mm. of how fast your website mm. is, mm. if the spinner comes up, people perceive... Yeah. Your the, brain says slow. Yeah. There's something <laughs> in your head goes, yeah. oh, slow. Yeah. Uh, which, is, which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, mm. That we've mm. we've already built mm. up that kind of association mm. between this this design mm. pattern and that psychological response. Yep. Um, and the thing there is then, yep, you've got to make your app um, either so fast that you really don't need to worry about mm. the spinners. Um, but given variances in in, in mobile bandwidth mm. and other kind of things, then I suppose there's always a risk that you've accidentally ended up on a GPRS network or right, and, uh, and you GSM have a blank page, which yeah. you, which you never want, or you've gone through a tunnel and mm. your your page mm. does take a long time to, to yeah. load or something. Then mm. you've got to indicate something. Um, right. But I, I mean, thinking about my own responses to spinners, mm. um, one thing I notice, and this is this is me as a more of a kind of geek level, I guess, is you notice the amount of times when there are animated GIFs and have absolutely zero connection with what's actually happening. Mm. Oh, yeah, true. That, that, so I, mm. I kind of just get frustrated mm. by the fact that they're, they're not even trying to communicate no. something decent to me. Mm. I've, uh, someone's pushing out, a, a, mm. printing a GIF, mm. an animated icon to the page, mm. then going off and doing something and forgetting to come back and maybe getting rid of it or tell me that, well, actually, what we, what we want to mm. do we can't do exactly um, instead of just leaving me with a spinning gif there and, and let me mm. realize that actually my connection's died yeah and and i need to stop mm. the app or restart That's it or it's a really a impo- important distinction that it's not a progress indicator mm. it's just an animation in some cases it's uh, exactly it's an animation mm. rather than a mm. progress indicator usually it is yeah. nowadays for some but reason. isn't it but i think it's it feels like if you do if you do have a situation where you need to indicate progress mm mm-hmm. Then I think I think it's pretty important that you do actually indicate progress. I would just think so, yeah. <laughs> rather than rather than do the cheap yeah. kind of con of just yeah. here's a here's a icon. Mm. Uh, we'll get rid of that when we're ready. Mm. Um, well, especially when it does take a longer time, perhaps than fifteen seconds, then you'd want a progress indicator. Yeah. What did Luke recommend? I haven't read it all. You haven't read it all. <laughs> we're talking about it. Now, it, well, I, I've read it and I know. I'll save you on this one, Pat. Um, he talks about skeleton screens. There's one way. Um, I might have not. I think there's more oh, than yeah, one no, way I he mentions, but the I skeleton that, yeah. um, mm. is one of the way um, he says to do it. Where mm. rather than have a loader, you'd you'd leave. I suppose in, I mean you would recognize mm. it as, as almost like wireframe, like that. Mm. Like you you'd leave maybe a grey box um, where a picture should be, mm. um, and while that image is lazy loading or is kind of catching up, mm. you leave a grey box there and then just. No, put the image in when it's ready. Um, exactly. So, so rather than leave a, and this is good. Uh, this is good from um, page efficiency, from page performance point of view as well. Because in your code, you've you've designated space for the image using height and width and so on, which means the browser doesn't have to do a redraw. Right. If you're doing it re- correctly, then yeah. Yes. So, so yeah. not only is this a, a good way of 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 avoiding a spinner mm. and getting a page ready mm. and out there and ready to interact with, um, it's performance-wise good as well. Mm. 
Exactly. He's actually talking about uh, the app he's involved with, uh, Polar, one of his own apps. Yeah, his own products. Yeah, and uh, he has the example. But that's what it, what you said about the previous article was that uh, animation takes long time mm. and it, puts, it a lo- puts a load on the CPU as well. And this is actually an example of where you're, usi- you're using animation to indicate progress. Mm. But hopefully in a good way, the way you described it just now, that you're actually creating a placeholder for the content that's just about to appear. Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a good way of doing it because yeah. I don't think you're creating overhead there. I think mm. you're making use, you're making good mm. use of the natural, mm. what's it, natural, the the, the, the sequence mm. of events that happen mm. when the page is loading. Mm. That, using the skeleton mm. concept, is a good way of, um, of, of implementing that. Right. Um, I actually did have a um, this exact challenge recently in my project, which is why I loved that you actually picked this article. Uh, and I thought of the... Normal, usually the the Ajax load GIF yeah. thing that people always have, and I thought that well, people are going to think that we're going to wait a while now, and usually that's not the case. Yeah. But sometimes I also know that time is perceived differently based on different stuff. So mm. you can actually, if you make it fun to wait, then mm. hopefully uh, people won't perceive it as taking a long time. And if you don't use that animation, but use an animation like. Uh, flower growing or mm-hmm. a dog eating food or something mm-hmm. like that, then that's more fun to watch than the spinner. Oh, do you know? And then you'd actually have something that perhaps people would accept that, mm-hmm. yeah, every time something takes a bit longer than usual, I'll see that fun mm-hmm. stuff. And you could actually have different things as well. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I've, I've just thought of now of an yeah, example, go, fun yeah. example. Don't lose your thought, yeah. but I just remembered a fun example, mm-hmm. which um, my kids love as well. On the Wii, mm-hmm. uh, the original Wii, mm-hmm. if you're installing an app mm-hmm. from the App Store, mm-hmm. There's um, um, kind of a Mario sequence that comes up, and it's it's, all, it's a like nineties um, old school um, oh, yeah. graphics. And Mario runs across, and he runs across the screen, and then he comes, mm. he loops around. Mm. It's a platform game, mm. like, and he jumps up and hits a box, and it opens mm. up and re- leaves a coin, and it kind of goes ding, 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 right. and takes the coins. So it's this fun little animation, mm. real simple, you know, exactly. block graphics. But my kids love mm. it. They could, if I ever mm. install an app, they come running in and say, oh, yeah. oh yeah, what's Mario doing? What's Mario doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, so just as well as we're talking about. Micro copy. Mm. This is a type of micro interaction mm. where you have the possibility of making something more fun. It's like an error message. You have the yeah. possibility of making something more fun. So don't. I mean, and I think our conclusion here is don't rely on what other people are doing because that can backfire mm. if people actually experience that something is taking longer than usual, yeah. uh, even though it isn't. Mm. And t- try and tie it in with your brand, something yeah. that makes it more fun, and then people will actually. Enjoy waiting for a bit. <laughs> I think I think the spinner is a good example mm. of a design pattern that's cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. You can you can just throw it out there right. without without any thought whatsoever. Mm. Whereas the underlying issue mm. is actually a bit more complex. Mm. Um, uh, thinking as well about I, I I've, I've got a few apps that I use where they use a spinner, but when I'm sat on a 4G connection or a really good connection. Mm. It's so fast that you end up with this kind of flickering. Exactly. Flickers. Yeah. You get like, mm. was that a spinner? Mm. Uh, it's just kind of. It's like a yeah. um, subliminal ad- advertising. Yeah. I have this vague memory that there might have been a spinner that appeared there, and it, it actually yeah. just disrupts. <laughs> it makes it look like there's a loose cable. It kind of shimmers. Yeah. Um, because subliminal messaging. Yeah. You don't. Mm. Um, you've got to. You've got to understand what's happening with your app, and there's got to mm. be metrics that mm. maybe you learn. Okay. This is a point mm. where we know because we've tested, we've measured. Mm. It's probably going to take us 0.6 seconds for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Generally, mm. then you can take the decision mm. about what kind of indication or right. design point you're going to use to to fill that gap. Mm. 
uh, whether it's a mm. whether it's skeleton lazy loading and so on or whether it's mm. a spinner or an animation or whatever you yep. think of but if you find because of research that generally no it's it's so instant maybe you don't need to worry true yeah. I actually when I redesigned my form contact form on my, my website uh, three years back or something uh, I had a loading indicator because the, the form is Ajax submitted uh, and I realized it, just as you're saying it was too fast oh. it didn't have time to load the indicator <laughs> so what I did was I actually put in a pause yeah. so it was never it never t- was faster than two seconds yeah because that gave it time to actually see something's going on and it's finished. Exactly, done. you've got to, yeah, yeah, you've <laughs> got time to take in the. Sequence. So you actually delay mm. it on purpose for the the sequential items that are happening to actually make sense in your head. Yeah, mm. yeah, you, mm. right. That that mm. that could be a sensible mm. thing as long as you as long as you keep it within the like magical not point one second or whatever for response. Right. Yeah. Then then that maybe is a sensible thing mm. to even your interactions yeah. out mm. if you're lucky enough to have mm. everything so fast then you can maybe spread things out a bit mm. give people time to visually absorb what's going on it's like having white space yeah it's having white time yeah <laughs> white time oh I like that yeah oh, that's good oh wow I'm done I, I, I am too actually I need to I am, I'm off to a meeting <laughs> it's, it's Friday afternoon and Per has a meeting oh, and that's, yeah. it's one of those really cruel things mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. schedule meetings mm-hmm. for quarter past three on a Friday afternoon mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy they love you mm-hmm. they do they want, just want to meet me <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, as always remember to <laughs> oh no, man as always, as always you mess it up we used to be good at saying these endings what happened well, why is this so hard I need to I need to get a new tagline no <laughs> don't start doing that on me because you won't remember to say the new one And that's right. Remember to keep moving. And see you on the other side. You've been listening to UX Podcasts with James Royal Lawson and Pear Axeboom. Visit UXPodcast.com for more episodes and to subscribe to the show. UX Podcast, moving the conversation beyond UX. 